You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. Today, we are chatting with Leah Weinberg of Color Pop Events, and we are so excited to have you, Leah. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so go ahead and tell the audience what you do. Is it a side hustle? Is it not a side hustle anymore? What's going on? I have my own event planning company. It used to be a side hustle. I am happy to report that it is no longer just a side hustle and it is now my full-time job. So the backstory is, is that I used to be a commercial real estate attorney and ended up practicing for a total of 10 years. But, you know, maybe three quarters of the way through that, I was like, I've got to figure out something else. So was always brainstorming. I knew I wanted to be my own boss. So I was always brainstorming business ideas. I thought about opening up a doggy daycare, starting a dog walking service. I came dangerously close to enrolling in pastry school because I thought I wanted to open up a bakery. And thank goodness I didn't go down that route because I don't think that would have turned out so well. Um, but event planning was an idea that just kind of kept coming back to me because I felt like it was a really great mix for my personality. It's all about organization and project management, um, but it also had a creative, offered a creative outlet, which I was sorely missing. So 2012, planned my own wedding after, and I found it to be easy and enjoyable, which is absolutely not normal. And after that, I slowly started to take steps to get the business off the ground. So I was working full time as an attorney at that point, was figuring out ways to like take long lunches or leave the office early in order to make client meetings and stuff. And came to a point where I was like, okay, I can't build this company while still working full time as a lawyer, but I wasn't quite ready to go full time with ColourPop events. So I found a law firm where I could work part time and was kind of doing that work part-time, building the business part-time, and then it's been about three years that I have been officially law-free, so very exciting. That's really cool. I am super interested to like hear more about how the legal side um, has influenced your business uh, like today. So how did turning from a lawyer to event planner, like? what were positives for you making that transition for your business? Yeah, there's a lot of, it's funny, there's a lot of transferable skills. I think people, when they hear that I went from lawyer to event planner, they think, oh, wow, those are two completely different things. But um, so much in common. I mean, first of all, it helps having a legal knowledge kind of, because I was a transactional lawyer and knew about kind of small business stuff. So that definitely helped me start my business and know what to do and have a good contract in place. But then when it also comes to dealing with working with clients, I know how to deal with difficult people. I know how to stay calm under pressure. I know how to problem solve on the spot, how to manage multiple events like at the same time, because I was working on like 20 to 30 deals at any given time at a law firm. So a lot, there's a lot of similarities, which, um, I don't think, even though I say I wouldn't go back and do it again, if I had the choice of doing law school over again, I also don't know that I would be in the same position that I am today had I not had that legal background. So 
Okay, so I've got to ask because we're yes. in that season right now. The day that we're recording this episode is the day that Harry and Meghan's baby's name was <laughs> announced. Yes. Um, <laughs> you've done a really good job of getting yourself some PR. And the reason I reference Harry and Meghan is because you were quoted in Bravo talking about brunch weddings. Um, yes. How did you go about building your your press repertoire what advice would you give to a side hustler who's trying to get that exposure how did you get in bravo like all those it's kind of it was i would definitely a slow it was definitely a process so in the beginning it's kind of just keeping an ear out for opportunities i'm in a lot of different facebook groups for small business owners and sometimes you would see people in there that are pop in that are writers and needed people to contribute to things. There's also a really great uh, newsletter called Help a Reporter Out. It's H-A-R-O for short. I don't know if you've mentioned it before on the podcast, but that's honestly how I started out getting a lot of press, like responding to those. And then through that, I actually made relationships with a handful of writers so that now they just kind of come directly to me if they need help. And then once I got more established, I was able to afford um, working with a PR company that does like weekly press opportunities. They also help pitch me for speaking. So it's kind of been just a slow step-by-step process to kind of get to where I am. But I will say, I'll throw in there, being very helpful and being a good resource is key because if people know that they can count on you for really great responses and within the deadline, like you're their perfect person. So they will keep coming back to you. That's yeah, that's so true. I feel like, um, the, those personal connections are something we've talked about in a lot of the other, uh, interviews that we've done. And so, you know, yeah, it, at first it's not a personal relationship, but you start to build that and that really influences, um, you know, the connections you do get from them as well. So what do you think um, has been, I know that's a positive thing that you've done in your business. So what is something that you feel like you've made, um, not really a mistake, but more as like a lesson? What's a lesson that you've learned in your business? I think, I mean, going in, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I'd always worked in a corporate environment where you're working with people and getting feedback is kind of naturally part of the office culture. But when you go and work for yourself, there's like nobody to tell you that you're either doing something right or you're doing something wrong. Or if you've done something wrong, then you like majorly screw it up and it's kind of a bigger deal than if you, you know, you had people around you. So I think I just wasn't totally prepared for the solo entrepreneur lifestyle at first. It was definitely lonely. It is a roller coaster. I know it's so cliche to say that, but goodness, it is such a roller coaster. So after starting my business, one of the first things that I did was like really cultivate a very small but tight knit group of other business owners who I, I could talk to and lean on and cry to and complain to and brainstorm with. Like these really beautiful relationships have kind of blossomed out of what originally started as a lonely time, I would say. So thinking about loneliness, I feel like we all, as entrepreneurs, especially in this creative space, struggle with mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, on the reverse side, 
talk about the like loneliness and isolation of being a side hustler in an industry where everyone's billing 90 hours a week and side hustles are like this foreign alien concept that like how, 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 how? Well, it's kind of interesting because in my situation, nobody knew I was doing it. So that was very isolating because I couldn't talk about what I was doing and having to like sneak around. And I'm a very honest person with a very like strong moral compass. So like lying to people about what I was doing was really challenging. Um, But yeah, people didn't and people just didn't get it. Some people still kind of don't get it. Like when I told, when I gave notice at my full-time job that I was leaving and going part-time, but building a wedding planning business, they like were absolutely shocked just because they didn't get it. I obviously hadn't been talking about it. Um, so yeah, it was, it's definitely crazy. I mean, I tell people that being a lawyer is a very like meat and potatoes type of profession. And going from that to wedding planner, event planner, business owner is just unfamiliar for a lot of people. So I think a lot of people were confused. I definitely had people say, try to con- uh, convince me to keep my toe in the legal world, which looking back, I'm like, that's not what I needed or wanted to hear. Like I just needed people that were supporting me hundred percent, but I get it. Like they were kind of afraid for me in a way. So when you did make that transition, what are some of the things you learned about yourself as you became an entrepreneur? It's all on you. So you kind of have to be realistic about what your abilities are and what you're good at. I mean, fortunately for me, I'm, I had the legal background. I'm a numbers nerd. So I was okay with accounting and tax stuff, but I know that terrifies a lot of people. Um, I also kind of learned those first, that first little while when you don't have a boss, you have to learn structure and routine and enforcing that yourself, which was kind of interesting because it's like, oh, I'm free. What am I going to do with my time now? But you have to kind of like self-motivate and make sure you're using your time wisely and all of that stuff. So it's a huge, huge adjustment for sure. So I'm super curious. You're a wedding planner in New York City. And recently, like a couple months ago, the vessel structure was built. Yes. Um, (laughs) Do you think that that's going to become a place where weddings happen all the time? (laughs) Oh, I have no idea. I have yet to go over there. I was kind of, it was crazy to learn that you have to make a reservation to go up in it. And, um, and I, I don't know, know people... if you saw, like as a lawyer, the terms and conditions of Hudson Yards or whatever, they like by taking a photo and posting it you agree that they own the rights to your photo they have these like it was all over the news they had these crazy terms and conditions for publishing a photo there that's bizarre yeah so weird i would not be at all so i think probably i bet you it's going to become big for elopements and it'll be interesting to see because obviously like elopements in central park and stuff you have to get permits so it'll be interesting to see if hudson yards actually tries to like monetize being able to do small ceremonies in there but yeah no i need to get over there and see it it looks kind of crazy some people say it's a little it's just a lot of hype and not (laughs) too interesting but we'll see well talking about new york city what is one of your favorite foods there Because I hear, like, there's so much food. (laughs) I mean, the pizza's fantastic. All the kinds of pizza. I um, 
Yeah, I recently, one of my couples took me to a pizza restaurant called Ruby Rosa, which is now my like new favorite pizza spot. And um, whenever I ask some food connoisseurs like what their favorite pizza place is, that's one that comes up a lot. So I feel like my taste is validated by like real foodie people thinking the same thing. But yeah, no, pizza and Italian food is amazing. I'm from the South originally, so I do always love if there's a restaurant up here that can do good Southern food, that can sometimes be hard to find. But if you find a good one, it's, um, it's awesome. Have you been to the Woodstock yet? No, I haven't heard about the Woodstock. It's over Tell by me. Chelsea Market, which okay. duh, that's why I know about it. Um, but I feel like it's a hidden gem. It's 70s decorated. All of the cocktails are under like 10 or 15 bucks and all of the pizzas are 15 bucks. So Ooh. like for New York, it's just, I mean, and the vibe is amazing. The pizza's good. The drinks are super cute. You'll nice. have to check it out. Okay. I have to, yeah, I will for sure check it out. Yeah. There's a teak, a new like tiki bar thing that opened and the drinks are over $20 each. It's absolutely insane, but no. Welcome to New York. Yeah. I'm so, like, come to Phoenix, you guys. It's all cheap here. Come, come <laughs> here. So speaking of New York food, all of those good things, um, tell us, like, what do you like to do for fun? I think that one of the biggest things that side hustlers miss out on is free time because they have yeah. a nine to five job and then a five to nine and then they're like trying to shower and do laundry and do chores. Um, so what do you like to do for fun? How did you fit that in when you were side hustling? What does that look like now? Yeah, I admittedly, it's funny. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday. I admittedly don't have a ton of work-life balance at the moment. Um, and I feel like because I acknowledge it, that makes it a little bit better. <laughs> I'm not blind to the fact that like I work a ton. So um, but just to spend time, so like yesterday, the Bronx Zoo was hosting a thing for event planners. So for me, it's about kind of getting out in those little pockets when I can and doing fun stuff. I love going to the movies. Um, that's, I, it's one of the best things about being my own boss is that I can go to the movies by myself on a weekday, which may sound very lonely, but oh goodness, I love going to the movies by myself. It's fantastic, especially when it's empty. So like that, going out, trying new restaurants with my husband, we've got a dog. So like just taking walks to the park, we have a really nice park in our neighborhood. So just kind of trying to fit in the free time when I can, knowing that working this hard won't be forever. But right now I feel like I'm just kind of at a pivotal point in my business where I really want to put the time in, really do things right, and then hopefully have that kind of pay off for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like we all know that there's different seasons in our business and that, I mean, that right there just validates where you are. Um, I guess I, this is my favorite question and I always seem to ask it, but on a scale of one to 10, how weird would you say you are? I love this question. I was trying, so I heard this on some of your other episodes and was trying to think of my answer. I don't know that I'm, I've always felt kind of weird, but I don't think people think I'm as weird as I think I am. Um, but like on a quirky level, I feel like I'm like an eight to nine on like a quirky level for people. I just, yeah, I don't yes. know if weird is the right word, but. It must be an entrepreneur thing. Cause I swear everyone we ask is north of seven. Yeah. <laughs> 
it takes a special kind of person to do this, honestly. So, so tell us where we can find you on the internet, where we should hang out with you. And, um, probably most importantly, give us a hot tip on somewhere to steal some cool, colorful stuff for our offices. Cause I need it. <laughs> So my website is colorpopevents.com on all the social media things. So on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter, I'm at colorpopevents. I don't use Twitter a ton, so that's probably not worth your time. Um, and in terms of colorful office things, um, I mean, I love, oh, who was it? There was something I was just looking at that had like mid-century modern stuff because I love mid-century modern. It was a very fancy thing. Um, CB2 has fun decor stuff as well. I will also say too bad this isn't on video because there's an artist. Um, I'm actually wearing his t-shirt right now. He's based in Chicago called Chris Uphughes and he has really fun like cartoony hearts and rainbows and things like that. So I've got a couple of his prints hanging in my office and it definitely brightens things up a lot. I love it. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This is definitely yeah. a cheerful episode and it makes yes. my heart so happy. <laughs> thank yes, you thank for you. having me. <laughs> thank you.